This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 75. I want to take a moment right now to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in iTunes and anywhere else you might be listening to this show, which now also includes the new Google Podcast app for iOS. So you can download the Google Podcast app for iOS if you prefer to use Google's podcasting application instead of the Apple Podcast app. And, you know, it's all up to personal preference. Okay, so for this week's episode, the topic is carry less and shoot more. So back when I started photography, and I know I'm not the only one that's done this. I've heard many of other, other photographers share their stories about doing the same thing. So back when I started, I bought a lot of gear and started out carrying most of it with me when I went out all day shooting. Many photographers do this and soon learn that it's not fun carrying all that gear all day long out in the field, especially in the south where it's extremely hot in the summertime. Most of the components for your DSLR or mirrorless system weigh mere ounces to a couple of pounds, and it might not sound like a lot of weight, but when you have all of it in a single bag or backpack, it's pretty amazing how heavy it all becomes as the day wears on. Now, uh, I'm going to share, along with this podcast, I'm going to share the blog post article that I originally did on this topic back from February 20th of 2016, and the blog article does have some images you can check out as well. The first image is of a golf ball that I shot with just my 50mm 1.4 gold band USM Canon lens that I had at the time. Now, as I stated, you know, I learned really quickly that I didn't enjoy carrying all of my gear with me all the time, so I started making smarter decisions. I streamlined things down to where a lot of times when I go out in the field all day shooting, instead of carrying any kind of bag, all I carry or all I have is my Spider Pro version 2 holster system. And I like that because it allows me to put a camera on each hip. I currently own three camera bodies. I have the GFX50R medium format mirrorless. I have the Canon EOS R mirrorless full frame. And I also have a Canon EOS RP mirrorless full frame. So sometimes when I go out, I'll take just two bodies and I'll have them hanging on my Spider Pro version 2 holster system. Um, until I'm ready to take pictures. So as I'm hiking, I can have the cameras hanging on my hip and they're locked into place so they don't go anywhere. And unless I get into some tight brush or something like that, I don't have to worry about them whacking into things and stuff like that. Now, sometimes I will carry all three bodies, but I still only take the Spider Pro version 2 belt with me, and I'll explain why. I have it set up so that even though the Spider Pro can only carry two cameras at a time, if I'm going to an event like the Highland Games on Stone Mountain in the fall or the Native American Powwow, which is also held on Stone Mountain in the fall, I uh, will frequently take all three bodies with me. And what I'll do is I'll have a prime lens on each body, or I may have two primes and then a short range zoom. So on my left hip, I might have the EOS R with the 50mm RF 1.2 LUSM lens. 
And then on the right hip, I might have the EOS RP with maybe a 35 millimeter prime lens that has the macro features, the RF 35 millimeter 1.8. And then on my GFX 50R, I'll have either my 17 millimeter Laowa lens, which gives me 13 millimeter full frame equivalent for wide shots. Or I might put the 50 millimeter, which is 40 millimeter full frame equivalent uh, Fujinon lens on the Fuji and carry that. And, if, and in that case, if I'm going to do that, instead of having the 50 on the GFX 50R and a 50 on the EOS RP and being that the RF 50 millimeter 1.2 L is an extremely big and heavy lens, I might switch up on the EOS R, so I'll put the 24 to 105 f4L so I can have a short telephoto lens or, or medium telephoto lens, I guess you could call it, um, and then still have the 35 millimeter on the EOS RP. And that gives me more options when I'm out shooting. So I will be carrying one camera in my hands all the time, and then the other two are on my hip, and I can just switch them out because I have the plates for the Spider Pro belt system on all three bodies. So as I take, say, the EOS R off my left hip, I can put the GFX 50R in its place and I can carry the EOS R in my hands and have the 24-105 F4L for some quick uh, shooting, you know, where I can fluctuate, I can vary between 24 millimeters and 105 millimeters. And I have a straight F4 you know, for the aperture throughout. And when you're outdoors on a sunny day, believe me, F4 is plenty fast enough to do any kind of photography that you're going to want to do on a sunny day. Now, um, as I mentioned, I try to minimize it when I'm out in the field all day, all day long so that I carry a lot less weight and I can do a lot more shooting and enjoy myself at the same time. Now, another advantage of carrying less aside from going on a camera diet, quote unquote, is it's a great way to challenge yourself to be more creative with what you have on you. When carrying all of your gear, you tend to spend less time shooting and more time fiddling with lenses, and then it becomes difficult to focus on shooting as you have a hard time visualizing on what you want to shoot and exactly how you want to frame it. So if you limit your options, like I said, take if you only got one, one body, then take something like a 24 to 105 or an 18 to 200 or something like that, and that way you can cover a wide range of focal lengths and you can get pretty much any kind of shot you might want to get at an event like that. But you can also challenge yourself. Take one body or if you have two bodies, take two bodies and put different primes on each one. Maybe put a 85 or 135 or 105 millimeter portrait prime lens on one body and put maybe a 35 or a 24 millimeter on the other one so that you can get some wider shots as well. Now, if I'm going out to just shoot all day, and I have good light, and I have a light setup, I can shoot a variety of scenes with what I take with me, and I often find myself grabbing, like I said, my 50 millimeter. Uh, the body doesn't really matter, as all of my bodies are Canon, except for the Fuji, of course, and I even use Canon lenses. When I, back in the day, I had a Sony Nex 6, but I had the adapter so I could use my Canon lenses on that as well. Now, the second image that you'll find in the accompanying blog article, which is in the show notes for this episode, is a portrait I shot in downtown Atlanta at a small diner that was just up the street from where I worked at the time. And for this shot, I used the Sony Nex 6 APS-C mirrorless camera. Uh, 
with my Canon 50mm 1.4 and I did uh, an environmental portrait of the owner of the diner. And that turned out really great. Um, I didn't have to worry about the fact that using Canon lenses on the Sony body with an adapter, the autofocus is a lot slower. I didn't have to worry about that because I was doing a portrait. So I didn't need super fast autofocus as long as it was accurate. So, uh, as I said, the 50mm is one of the most versatile lenses out there. It's great for street photography. A lot of photographers use it for portraits and even to some extent for landscapes, even though it's not nearly as wide is say my Canon EF 17 to 40 or my Sigma 12 to 24 or my Rokinon 14 millimeter 2.8. I can still get uh, a certain amount of landscapes even with a 50 or a 35 millimeter. Uh, now, as I mentioned, I have uh, the Spider Pro holster. Now, the other thing that I do have that I really like, and I sometimes will take these if I do take a small backpack with me, is my Peak Design Capture Pro camera clip mounting system. And the nice thing about the Peak Design Capture Pro camera clips is they're designed so they can be clipped to your belt, they can be clipped to the shoulder straps on your backpack, or if you're, you got a messenger bag and you got that slung over your shoulder, you can put one of those clips on that. And they have their own proprietary plates, which in a way sucks, but if you're not using a tripod, it's not going to matter anyways. But then you can lock one of your camera bodies, even if it's the only one you're carrying, while you're actually hiking and you're not ready to shoot, you can clip that camera into that mount and it's going to lock it in and hold it nice and tight for you. And then again, you can be on your feet all day long with not nearly as many issues as far as the weight and getting worn out from carrying the gear. Now, the third image in this article is another one that I shot with the 50 millimeter. And I shot this one in downtown Atlanta. I was doing a little bit of street photography. And uh, again, I shot it with 50 millimeter 1.4 that I had at the time. And it's a gentleman standing uh, across from the bus stop where I used to catch my bus back home to Gwinnett County. And he's standing in front of this store across the street from me. He's talking on his cell phone. He's got a cigarette in the other hand. He's got a bag slung over his shoulder. It looks like, like me, he was probably on his way home for the day since this was at about 5, 5.30 in the afternoon. Now, the next reason that I recommend carrying less is so that you become better with one setup. You don't want to be out in the field worrying about changing lenses, risking getting dust on your sensors, trying to make up your mind what lens will give you the shot you want or the look that you want, and then you miss the shot totally because you're wasting too much time, you know, muddling your brain and your thought process with all these options and all these other things going on. Keep it as simple as possible and you'll find that you enjoy shooting and that you do a lot more shooting if you're carrying a lot less gear. So this not only makes you more creative and build your skills, but you will find that you will enjoy, as I mentioned, your photography more and more, and you'll be doing less and less thinking. Everything will become natural. And over time, you're going to develop what people like to refer to as muscle memory, where you get to the point where you know your camera so well, you know all of your button layouts, your dials, all of your configuration options, all of your settings that you can do them without looking at the back of the camera at all. You can do them just by moving a thumb or a finger or whatever the case may be. And you can quickly change your settings, whether it's your aperture, your ISO, or whatever, shutter speed, whatever the case may be, 
And you're going to accomplish a lot more when you're out shooting. You're going to get more shots. You're going to get better quality shots. And you're going to enjoy the time that you spent out there shooting all day without being worn out from carrying all of that additional gear. Now, I know what you're going to say. Well, if I only take a 35 or a 50 millimeter with me, then I'm not going to be able to zoom in and get birds and trees and stuff like that. And that's true. But you're going to hone your skills. You're going to get better and better at using that one prime lens. Or like I said, take a 18 to 200 or a, a 24 to 105 or a, you know, a 70 to 200 or whatever the case may be. But it never hurts to just go out on occasion. You know, you don't have to do it all the time. Go out, you know, one weekend a month or every other weekend and challenge yourself by taking only one body and one lens especially your prime lenses, and get better at using those much higher quality prime lenses that you have already in your kit. Now, granted, you're not going to be able to get up close and personal with wildlife with a 50 millimeter lens, but if you're shooting other things, like let's say you're visiting a beautiful place like Gibbs Gardens in Ballground, Georgia, that's a 300 plus acre botanical garden, well, if all you have is your 50 millimeter and you're shooting in a, in a botanical garden, you don't really need a zoom lens. I mean, yeah, you might spot an occasional bird here and there up in a tree, but you can spend more time working with that 50 millimeter. And, you know, if you're shooting stuff like flowers and statues and family members that are with you in the park and stuff like that, you can easily move closer or farther back and do everything you need to do with that. 50 millimeter lens or even a 35 or 24. So you're just going to, basically your body is going to become your tripod and it's going to become your zoom mechanism as well. You're not going to have a zoom lens if you, if you challenge yourself to use your primes only. You'll move around more. You'll think about, you won't spend all of your time dwelling on things, but you'll be a little more cautious in how you frame your shots when you know you only have one focal length to work with. And believe me, it, over time, it's going to make you a much, much better photographer, especially with those prime lenses, if you spend some serious time using them. Now, the other nice thing about uh, keeping your kit down and the weight down is when you're out all day in some place like Gibbs Gardens or wherever botanical garden or, or a beautiful park you might have in your home area or maybe even a wild, wild animal safari, you're going to move around a lot more. You're not going to be carrying all that excess weight. So it's going to help you keep kind of fit at the same time because you're going to get your fair share of exercise while you're doing all of your zooming by using your feet instead of a zoom lens. So you can have a lot of fun, you can really, really sharpen your skills, and you can get more fit and maybe even lose a few pounds at the same time. And hey, that's a win-win for all of us. Now, one of the things that can make these kind of uh, minimalist uh, photo excursions more enjoyable is go out with a camera club or some other photographers in your area that you're friends with. You can meet them on Facebook or Meetup or any of those other sites. And you can go out as a group and do what's called a photo walk. I used to do those all the time when I lived in Gwinnett County. I started out with a meetup group, and then I decided to make it a Facebook group. Um, that way we didn't have to pay for the meetup fees, you know, the reoccurring monthly charge for a meetup group. And I started basically started my own camera club in Gwinnett County because there wasn't currently, there wasn't one in that area at the time. So I started what was called the East Atlanta Photo Club. 
And we would go out, you know, usually at least one Saturday or Sunday a month, a whole bunch of us would go out together with our cameras. We'd meet someplace, have a little bit of a meeting. One month we'd have a monthly meeting and the next month or maybe two weeks later we would do a photo walk where we would just pick an area that we all agreed upon, something that we wanted to shoot, whether it was a, a massive multi-story antique mall like uh, Ian Henderson's Antique Mall in Monroe, Georgia, or if we wanted to shoot the Christmas lights in Covington during the Christmas season, we would just go out together and we would have a photo walk and it would be a lot of fun. We'd minimize our gear and just spend some time out as a group, you know, socializing and improving our photography skills and challenging ourselves by only carrying prime lenses most of the time. Now, everybody didn't have to carry the same thing. We did have themes, so, you know, one month it might be, okay, everybody comes out with your 50 millimeter and nothing else, just your 50 millimeter lens and one body, and let's see what we can get. And then the next month, it might be, okay, if you've got a, you know, everybody's got a 24 to 105 or an 18 to 200, we'll all take those out this weekend and see what we can get. And we would go to all kinds of different areas. We, like I said, we'd go to parks, botanical gardens, we'd shoot Christmas lights in various cities, um, which can be a lot of fun to do. And it's also challenging because you're talking about a low light situation. If you're trying to capture the holiday season, the Christmas lights in a, you know, a downtown area at nighttime, because that's the only time you're going to see those Christmas lights to begin with. But we had a lot of fun. We did a Christmas light shoot in Covington one year, and another year a handful of us went up to Helen, Georgia, which is a really beautiful place to visit. It's uh, The whole town is made up like a Bavarian village in the Alps, and all of the commercial buildings are designed exactly the same. They have that Bavarian theme going on. And they do also have a hot, hot air balloon uh, uh, race every year in, that starts in Helen, Georgia. But we were up there to capture the Christmas lights, and we had a lot of fun. Now, granted, if you're going to do something like that, even here in Georgia, being Helen is in the far northern part of the state, it does get a little bit chilly up there, so you want to make sure that you dress appropriately so that you're not freezing your fingers or your nose off while you're out there. All right, I am going to go ahead and wrap up this episode 75 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I kept this one a little bit short this week. I also wanted to remind you to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, but you can request to join. You only have to answer one question to join the group, and that is the name of the host of the show, which is myself, Liam Douglas. Or I've opened it up so you can put the names of any of the guests I've had on the show since it started, which would be Ruben Naha, Jill Mott, John Harvell, Jeff Harmon from the Master Photography and Photo Taco podcast, the beautiful and talented Ellie Cat, and also her boyfriend Dan, her partner in adventure, who they were on the show just uh three episodes ago, so you might want to go back and check that one out. So any of those names will get you into the group. And, you know, as I've explained before, I keep the group private to keep out the bots and spammers because they take all the fun out of Facebook groups. Everybody knows that. Now, once you're a member of the group, you can feel free to post your own original photographs. Please do not share other photographers' work, even if you have permission. That will get you banned from the group. And you can uh, post images and request uh, creative criticism by putting CC Please and myself or one of the other pros in the group would be happy to help you out with some tips and hints or tricks or advice. 
And remember, you can also call or text the show at 470-294-8191 if you want to leave a question or leave a comment, ask a question, or request a, a, a specific topic you would like to hear covered on an upcoming episode or somebody that you would like to have me try to get as an interview guest on the show. You can also email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. All right, I will see you all again in another seven days for episode 76.